This podcast is brought to you by Military True Crime Addict, a podcast focusing on true life events of military personnel, veterans, and those associated with the military. Give a voice to the victims and hear their side of the story. Raise awareness of the heinous crimes and support those most impacted. Military True Crime Addict is available wherever you get your podcasts. And you don't need to know anything about the military to listen. Now, back to the show. On September 29, 1987, two cave divers entered a cave at Blue Spring State Park in Central Florida. Only one of them would return alive. Find out what happened on this week's episode of Narcosis Into the Deep. Hey everyone, I'm your host Alex and welcome back to Narcosis Into the Deep. This week I'm covering yet another cave diving accident. But first, I would like to apologize for missing last week's episode. Currently, I do everything for the podcast by myself. I research, write, record, edit, run social media accounts, etc. It's a lot to do on top of a regular full-time job, and sometimes I just run out of time to get to it, so I'm very sorry. But I am interested in hiring someone to assist with researching starting in Season 3. So if you're interested in assisting me on the podcast and getting paid for it, let me know. But for now, let's go ahead and dive right into today's episode. Scuba diving is built on overcoming the odds. And on Tuesday, September 29, 1987, two men, Joseph Cowart III and another man only referred to as JT in local news sources, were attempting to penetrate further than anyone had ever done before at Blue State Spring Park. The cave that they were diving was known as a high-pressure spring, and most cave divers never even considered attempting the dive. But Wesley Skiles, a famous American cave diving pioneer and explorer, commented on this cave, saying, quote, I looked at that hole myself. I have even discussed doing something similar. No one ever fathomed that anyone would try it. It's one of those things that's like having a doorway to outer space in which the wind blows through at 500 miles per hour, end quote, or 804 kilometers per hour. The first American cave diving instructional text wasn't published until 1969. So in the 1980s, cave diving was still somewhat new and exciting. Divers were wanting to be pioneers, the first ones to lay lines in untouched caves. Hundreds of caves and sinkholes exist in Florida, and curiosity can sometimes get the best of us. This is what happened to Joseph Coart III and JT. Joseph and JT planned their dive beforehand and secured enough tanks to supply them with a sufficient amount of air. Mark Steffen, who was a witness who saw Joseph and JT entering the waters, said, quote, They had ropes, lights, grapple hooks, and were testing their tanks. They knew what they were doing, end quote. The pair dropped off three extra tanks at points along the course of the dive, and Joseph hoped to penetrate deeper and farther than anyone had ever done previously. When they began their dive, Joseph had about 30 minutes of air in his tank. But once they reached about 120 feet down, or 36.5 meters, 
the pair encountered trouble. They were nearing the origin point of the powerful current, and it suddenly became too strong of a force. The force of the rushing waters wedged Joseph's body between a cavern wall and a large rock. A short time after entering the caves, JT surfaced frantically, calling for help. According to Mark Steffen, JT said that they had reached a large rock that marks the spot where a hundred million gallons of water spew forth every day. It was there that Joseph had dropped his weighted grappling hook and was pulling himself through the force of the water when it knocked his mask off and tore his regulator out of his mouth. JT had apparently panicked when his friend became stuck and ascended quickly, too quickly, to the surface. From there, a Volusia County Sheriff's Office helicopter took JT to Shands Hospital in Gainesville, Florida for observation and treatment inside a decompression chamber. Since reports on JT's health end here, I feel like we can safely assume that his decompression treatments were successful. However, Joseph's situation turned out to be fatal. Although the pair had dropped off extra tanks and JT was hopeful that Joseph was able to reach them, they were unusable for Joseph. In the chaotic force of the water, Joseph's mask and regulator were knocked loose. Joseph was unable to locate his mouthpiece, the part of the scuba diving equipment that supplies air to the diver, and subsequently drowned. Many of the people visiting Blue Springs State Park that day questioned the response time of the Volusia County Sheriff's Office. Rescue divers did not begin their search for the body until two hours after receiving the report. But lead diver Lieutenant Carl Clifford said rescuers would have had to been on scene within five minutes to be able to save the man. Lieutenant Carl Clifford said, quote, This man is in an area where the pressure is at its worst. He had already been down too long to make a rescue. Now, it's just a recovery. End quote. Joseph's body wasn't recovered until the next day by the rescue team, and Lieutenant Carl Clifford noted that Joseph did not have a spare regulator or tank with him, and that, quote, no one, not even experienced cave divers, should attempt to dive through powerful currents of the spring like Joseph did, end quote. Joseph Coart III was only 25 years old at the time of his death. He had just been cave certified a week prior to his death at Ginny Springs in Florida. He had only been a certified scuba diver for one year. It's devastating to see such a young life taken so quickly, and it's situations like this that led me into starting this podcast. Scuba diving is very enjoyable and rewarding, but it can be just as easily destructive and deadly. Although Joseph had followed the appropriate steps and got his certifications, he did not have the experience to dive such an advanced cave, at least not to the point that they were trying to reach. Most divers who attempt to dive this cave only go to the point where they see the large rock at about 120 feet, which marks the spot of the highest current. From there, they'll happily turn around, but for Joseph and JT, they wanted to go past that point to see what was beyond the origin point of the current. 
Joseph's death was just one of many that sparked a nationwide investigation into cave diving fatalities. Between 1970 and 1986, the cave diving death toll was 217, and 95% of those deaths occurred in Florida. But at the time of this report, not all diving deaths were reported, since there wasn't a national or international board that deaths were required to be reported to. Because of this, Florida cave divers say deaths between 1970 and 1986 were likely to have surpassed 300. John McAniff, who was the director of the National Underwater Accident Data System at the time of Joseph's death, says, quote, in nearly every case that we have recorded, the divers have not been certified, end quote. Diving skills are divided into three major categories. Open water diving, which is just below the water surface. Cavern diving, where a portion of the area is covered, but sunlight can be seen. And cave diving, in a covered area with no light and no emergency exits. Inexperienced divers often run into problems where they, one, attempt long dives, making them susceptible to nitrogen narcosis, which is a sudden ailment that intoxicates a diver and causes disorientation, two, kick up silt, cutting the visibility to zero, three, fail to leave enough air in their tanks to return to the surface, and four, panic and abandon their breathing apparatus. I say this in practically every episode, but I want it to stick in your head. Never go diving past your training limit. Use your critical thinking skills. Although Mark Denham, who's a cave rescue diver in Orlando, says that this cave is, quote, actually a comfortable dive if you know what you're doing, end quote. I feel like this episode, it's glaringly obvious that this cave was far too advanced for a newly certified cave diver. But that's the key words here, newly certified cave diver. While researching this episode, I often wondered if in this situation, if having an experienced cave diver or master diver with them would have been enough to be able to save Joseph. Or maybe if JT had not panicked, could he have been able to help Joseph and save him? It's easy to go down a road of speculations and what-ifs, but we can only analyze the facts. The dive that Joseph and JT were attempting, which was reaching the origin point of the current, is an extremely advanced dive. Even if they had attempted to get an experienced cave diver to join them, I don't think that they would have been successful. A lot of experienced divers that were interviewed following Joseph's death state that they would never dive that cave, at least to the depth that Joseph and JT were attempting to reach. Paul Knoll, who was the Region 2 Director of the Florida Park Service at the time of Joseph's death, said officials automatically evaluate the status of a state park whenever a diving death occurs. But Paul Knoll added that he did not expect any changes to occur at Blue Spring Park because, quote, this is a kind of dive that the average cave diver never would have done anyway, end quote. But at the end of the day and at the end of the conversation, we're still left with a person who lost their life too early. Joseph attempted to dive further than any diver had gone before at Blue Spring State Park 
and gave his life for a chance to leave his name in history. If you ever decide to get certified in go diving, I hope that this podcast drills safety into the back of your mind. Stay safe and happy diving. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Narcosis Into the Deep. I'm your host, Alex, and if you have any questions about this week's episode, you can head over to my Instagram page at NarcosisPod, P-O-D, or my Discord server. If you want to support the podcast, there's always Patreon or sharing the podcast with a friend. The Patreon is just $3 a month or the price of one coffee, and you get access to a lot of perks such as voting on what to hear next, exclusive updates, a shout out at the end of the next episode, and 10% off podcast merchandise. Thank you so much again for listening, and I'll see you all next week.